Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, it's our final interviews from CES. Our Super Bowl picks from the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. And it's time to go on an action figure adventure. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Thanks for joining us here on the PCC Multiverse. Got a great program for you today with our final CES and Pepcom interviews with Black Shark and Ear Fun, plus Chris Sardieri and Jason Dutch from Inside Sports Fantasy Football. They're hanging out with me on the back end of the program with some Super Bowl thoughts. And by the way, you can check out the entire hour of our conversation on our Inside Sports Fantasy Football channel this weekend. Plus, director Rob McCallum is here, and he's back talking his latest project, now on Kickstarter, Action Figure Adventure. But first up, we head for one of our last interviews at this year's CES with my good friend Jamie Onroy of GameSource, as both he and I are talking some telescopes with the great folks at Celestron. Thanks for listening. And we are back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. I'm at Celestron because I'm looking to seek out and see the stars and venture out and see what the world has for me through a Celestron telescope. And I've got Corey Lee here today from Celestron who's going to tell me a lot of great things about their company. I've got Jamie also here as well. He's actually the one who first saw what they have here and he got flagged down and soon his interest was peaked. But tell me, Corey, exactly what's going on this year at CES for you and Celestron. So within Celestron, this year is actually our 60th anniversary year. And this happens to be the year that we're launching this great innovative product. So what is this? What we're launching is what we call a StarSense Explorer Telescope, which is the world's first smartphone-driven auto-locating telescope. So now all you really need is a, have to have a smartphone and you can download our, our proprietary app. You put it into our little, what we call a dock here. You dock your phone, you launch our app, you can start observing. The app and your smartphone will do all the heavy lifting. It'll guide you to anything you want to look at under the stars and it'll give you all the multimedia information regarding uh, nebulas, stars, the moon, and guide you to see everything you want to see. And it makes it a lot easier because I'm sure from many models in the past that you've had, but also telescopes in general, you've always had to go down, similar to what you have there, without the, the smartphone, you have to go down, you bend down, you try to look hard, you try to squint, and with me, I probably poke my eyes like four times before I'm actually able to get a good view. <laughs> but with this uh, excellent, excellent adaptation, on the existing telescope model with the advent of using a smartphone, it makes it a lot easier and also a lot more approachable for the average consumer to go ahead and get involved with seeing the stars and seeing what's out there with the Celestron telescope. Is that correct? Yes, actually, that is precisely correct. So since the founding of the company Celestron, our founder has decided that he wanted to make the hobby more accessible. He started by just creating something for his kid but interestingly, we have been carrying that tradition throughout the years. We've been investing in new technology throughout the years to make the hobby easier, 
and more accessible. And in past years, through uh, adaptations of electronics, motors, and software, we've been able to make things a lot easier. But because with all this additional hardware, it costs them extra money, right? So what we really want to do with the launch of the StarSense Explorer, not only to take away the intimidation factor of astronomy, at the same time to make the telescope more affordable, therefore the hobby and the sky is a lot more accessible for everyone. Jamie, any thoughts on that? Because, like I said, it caught your eye first. And, you're, and I know there's a couple more questions I want to ask on that, but first I want to head over to you, my friend. What do you have to think about when you're looking at the Celestron Telescope? The major thing was that stuck out to me, like you said, was the accessibility. You know, I don't know all my astrological charts, and I couldn't tell you where the North Star is from, you know, any other stuff. From in and out From in and out Right, there we go. And, you know, this is telling me I can take my phone, which goes everywhere I go, dock it right in there, and it's yep. going to basically direct me where I want to go. It's foolproof, which is great for me because I'm a fool. So, I, it really makes me lean into more of like, okay, I'm not so intimidated by spending the money to do something that I might never be able to do because I didn't know what I was doing, you know? By the way, if you angle it correctly, you can see in and out just down the street. It's on the other side of the I-15. It is. You're right. You're right. you got to be careful, though, how you're angling things. You know, Make sure you use their app. Well, that's true. And you can also see it down on the strip as well. But, Corey, in all seriousness, it looks like it's a great new addition to the Celestron line that you have here. Uh, you know, when you talk about the Celestron telescopes in general, I know a lot of people get asking as far as what's the type of magnification power? Do you have different sizes in your line? What's the difference when you go and choose different price points within your models that you have here? So within the StarSense Explorer line, there are different models. We have an 80 millimeter, which is right on that side, and we have a 114, what we call a DX model. This model of the deluxe model that is on a bigger uh, tripod, it's more sturdy, and it's got uh, slow motion control that makes it easier to guide you to whatever you want to look at. Of course, it's got a, the bigger tube, the bigger, better optics, so you would get a better view. So, right, so this is the Star Explorer line, but within the Celestron company, we offer anything from uh, a very accessible, very affordable 50 millimeter telescopes to something that's as big as 14 inch telescopes that's being used by universities and uh, institutions to observe satellites and all that. Right, so we actually cover a really, really wide range. Again, it's very impressive what you have here today at CES and Pepcom. It's the Explorer DX that really catches my eye, obviously with the smartphone added feature as well. Is this out, is this available, or how people can find more information about the Explorer DX and the entire line of Celestron telescopes? So, uh, you can visit Celestron.com, and we have a page that actually talks about our new, brand new uh, StarSense Explorer telescope line. And the products, they are available for shipment within about a week. So we have all the products in our warehouse. They're ready to go. They're in boxes. We, the app will be available on the App Store in about a week. And from then on, the hobby will be much easier for everybody. Well, I'll tell you what. For me, it's very impressive. As someone who is the father of two teenage girls, who you always want to get them looking up away from the smartphone, here's now something that you can go ahead and have something for them available that integrates the smartphone, has them looking at something else besides their smartphone, and also looking as far as the stars to expand hopefully their horizons as well. Jamie, any last thoughts? Um, I couldn't agree more with you on that aspect as far as getting them looking away from their tablets and phones and maybe doing something more productive. I lied. I own a Astron telescope. It's not the greatest one, but I own one. So I know a little bit. I just wanted to see how this worked out. I personally want to trade in mine and get a new one, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I have powers that be to answer to on that one, but I couldn't be more impressed and I'm looking forward to seeing more and hearing more about it. Well, I'll tell you what, Corey, it's just been such a pleasure learning more about the Celestron line, especially right here with the Explorer DX. Any last thoughts you want to tell our consumer base all around the world about Celestron telescopes before we head on out? Well, I guess I just want to reiterate our products are created with the mission in mind to make the sky more accessible for everybody. 
We want to create tools for everybody to make it easier, like you said, to look up and learn about the sky. And here we are. I think we have achieved that with our StarSense Explorer. I'm hoping that that will let all the kids and everybody who's actually have looked up before look up and actually learn more about the nature and sky. Once again, Corey, I want to thank you so much for allowing us to go ahead and talk to you today right here at CES and PEPCOM. The Celestra Online looks great. And any more information out there for anything that they have on Celestron telescopes and their whole line of products, check out Celestron.com today. You'll be glad you did. Thanks again, Corey, for being so much a part of the pop culture cosmos. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Jamie. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here with a good friend of mine returning after a long hiatus. But then again, if you listen to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos channel available on podcast networks everywhere, you can hear his show, Mouthcast, on our channel. Plus also as well, you can check it out today on its own channel, Mouthcast, on Anchor and so many other different podcast outlets with his lovely wife, Tanya Candler. It's a good man indeed because he's got a lot of stuff going on with his good friend once again. Five years ago, these guys were wreaking havoc on the video game industry. And they now decided to go ahead into action figures with their upcoming documentary, Action Figure Adventure, which you can support today on Kickstarter. Just go ahead on kickstarter.com and check out today, Action Figure Adventure. It's a really worthwhile project because it's done by my friend. It's Rob McCallum. Robberino, what's up? Gerald, it's good to be back. Well, it's great to have you back on the show, my friend. It's been a while coming. Arguing over Star Wars or anything like that. Hey, don't set the bar too low just yet, okay? Who knows where this is going? We don't have a plan. We're just here talking about stuff that's going on. I appreciate that lovely intro. Doing a little bit of a drop for the Mouthcast, the new show. With Tanya and myself, it's been going over really well with all our, all our listeners. I appreciate you piggybacking it everywhere. It's a little bit different from some of the stuff I've done. It is. It is. And especially there with the missus right on the mic with you. That's a, kind of a different experience for you right there. Uh, you know, it's a little bit eggshells from time to time. You got to just treat it a little bit different. You can't break balls so much as, you know, we're used to doing here in the pop culture cosmos or like we did on GamerCast. It's... It's a different thing, but we love doing it, and we love uh, having that uh, outlet for us to talk and, and find sanity as parents, something that I'm sure you know a little bit about, too. Oh, yes, indeed. And I'll tell you what, yeah, sometimes I, I actually hear those eggshells cracking as I go ahead and edit it out for the Pop Culture Cosmos. And <laughs> I can just feel the tension almost sometimes in the room when, when you two are on together. Well, it's a good tension. We, we there's not too many sticky points i don't think i think it's all pretty good i think it's all pretty good fun lots of fun lots of fun and comedy and laughs which is great all right but it's still the mouthcast. you got to check it out today again like i said episodes are showing up on the pop culture cosmos channel but also if you want to get the first run episodes you check it out today mouthcast on anchor and also everywhere podcasts are distributed yeah, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, Cuyahoga Valley Spotify. Radio Network. Spotify is actually from where you're at, my friend, in Canada. That's oh, actually the number go. one. The number one podcast outlet out there. So don't forget Spotify. Got to give them some love. Yeah, we're not on there yet. We're trying to figure that out. Anchor is part of Spotify, so I think that's why. It's weird. It is yeah, weird. Anchor is Spotify. Like, they spun off Anchor separately. And I'm not that they that. bought them. I think they bought them. Well, it's part of it. That's all yeah, I know. It's all about money anyways. Yeah, it's money, dollars and cents. It'll be called something different tomorrow, and all the kids will have to tell us how to use it. Exactly, exactly. But there is something that you could go to as far as spending your worthwhile money, and that's for your Kickstarter project, your latest one, which people can still go ahead and help you out today, and that is Action Figure Adventure. It's something that I know a lot of people are looking forward to. You're back again with your good friend, your lifelong pal, your best bud, (laughs) Mr. Jay Bartlett. Five years ago, I met you guys after you did your first crazy adventure together in Nintendo Quest. 
which again, you wreaked havoc on the video game industry while doing it. What do you mean wreaked havoc? Well, you know, you and Nintendo. What does that even mean? You just, yeah, it's all over. You guys went all over here, all over there, we all did. over here, all over there. And you know, Jay was panicking here, panicking there, panicking here, panicking there. And, you know, you could see almost like the gray hair starting to form and, the, uh, and those follicles starting to form right there on his head, you know, just changing color as we saw on camera. But it was a great experience. And some things never change, Gerald. I'll tell you that. And some things never okay. change and they never get old. Some buttons exist to be pushed. And, and you push that for him. And you push that for well, him. Well, we all love the, we all we all love what we love. Some of us love pushing buttons. Some of us love collecting action figures or video games. No, yeah, I mean we're we're back. It's the spiritual successor to Nintendo Quest action figure adventure. Uh, we follow, like you said, Jay Bartlett, super collector around to mom and pop uh, action figure stores and cons in his quest to put together the ultimate action figure auction with all proceeds going to help critically ill children through our local charity children's health foundation so jay's fronting the cash and uh, whatever the items auction for the difference after he gets his reimbursement back goes to help some kids so a lot of crazy stuff happens along the way much like nintendo quest a lot of stuff that you couldn't write which is always fun and me and my crew were there to capture it all and uh unlike nintendo quest this is a 10 episode docu-series so i was asked several times in the wake of nintendo quest what i would do differently how i would like to handle things and i said oh i'd love to do it as a series where we get to spend more time in each of the stores really uh you know look at the minutia focus on the games a little bit more so in this case we get to spend more time visiting these shops we get to talk about these action figures look into the history a little bit more and that also allows to have more discussion about the subject matter so i think nintendo quest was limited to i think seven or eight different discussion points where we talk about the storytelling, the music, the competitive scene, keeping it alive, collecting the box art. This, we get to do all that and so much more because we have a little bit of screen time. Yet I'm finding myself in the favorable position of having too much content, which is a good problem to have when you're editing this stuff together. I am uh, currently rough cutting it all as fast as I possibly can, because here's the good news for everybody interested in this on Kickstarter. The series has been sold. I have to get this out the door for a November 1st, 2020 broadcast, Gerald. It's got to go. So Kickstarter, this go round isn't an all or nothing thing if the series exists. It's happening, baby. It's going to be a thing. In fact, it pretty much is a thing right now, but this is your exclusive chance, likely your limited opportunity to own it uh, on physical disc. So DVD, Blu-ray, we have a two-disc version, a three-disc Blu-ray version. And we've already hit a stretch goal, Gerald, that unlocks a fourth bonus disc. So if you back at the $59 pledge level, you get four Blu-rays worth of material. Now the series will be, of course, on discs one and two, but now you've got two bonus discs to kind of take in some extended interviews with people like the Four Horsemen, folks that work at Mattel, some of the creators behind G.I. Joe and Transformers. We got it. We, we got it all, buddy. It's going to be good. I think it is, my friend. But it, it's a little bit different how it evolved from your last Kickstarter project, the Galaxy Hope. And it looks like something that has worked out much better for you in the long run. Yeah. So in 2017, almost three years ago now, we launched galaxy of hope which was very similar conceptually to this uh where jay would go out and try to build an auction again proceeds to charity that was very star wars focused it wasn't just action figures it was any star wars memorabilia and we quickly found as as big as a property as star wars is and was then there wasn't that itch to scratch and kickstarter campaigns usually do best when they fill a void so our he-man documentary power of gray skull filled a void because there was nothing on He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And there's a huge fandom for it. So people flock towards Kickstarter to, to get a copy of it. People see Star Wars everywhere. It's in the grocery store. It's on banana, you know, wrappers and stuff. It's it's everywhere. So they don't, I don't think they felt compelled to to kind of see that unfold. And of course, Star Wars has its fair share of uh, haters now that Disney is kind of in the reins. They don't like where it's going. The prequels are always a, a sore spot for a lot of fans. So it's easy to see why we maybe didn't hit the mark where we wanted to. But like we said, at the end of that campaign, we wanted to retool because we knew we had something there collecting for charity. 
And we thought, what if we just do action figures? And that'll allow us to not just stick to one fan base, but really explore all the things that we love. So we love Masters of the Universe. We love Ninja Turtles. We love Transformers and G.I. Joe and, of course, Star Wars. And those are the big five. Thundercats and Mask and Silverhawks are some of the lesser lines, the smaller lines, Visionaries, Cops, Food Fighters, Street Sharks, Dick Tracy, Star Trek Dolls. A lot of stuff. And anything is up for grabs because it's what's in the store, just like Nintendo Quest. We have no idea what's going to be in there when we open the door. Is it going to be a price that we can justify? Because it's it's not just about flipping it and, and breaking even. We got to get it for retail and less so that there's a margin on it. So it was a thankful evolution. And sometimes you've got to retool and and have those recollections in order to find success at the next stage. And I think galaxy of hope worked in, in concept but the target was a little bit off the mark and now we found it with action figures and been able to tap into a whole community of people with diverse tastes that all respect what each other loves so it's cool that everybody just likes their own thing it's not competitive you know it's not like well thundercats is better than he-man or whatever like that it's like everybody just gets that you like what you like because that's what you played with as a kid usually or that's the line that you like you like the mythos or you like the stuff that's coming out now and it doesn't seem to be any kind of squabbling back and forth. There's no lines drawn in the sand. There's no ego, really, when it comes to what I collect or what my collection has. It's just like, how can we help each other? So given that that's the nature of that community and what we're trying to do with the charity side, it just really was the perfect blend. And that's why Action Figure Adventure right now on Kickstarter is doing so well. We asked for a $1,000 gold, Gerald, and we hit that within a few hours. We just wanted enough to see the series on physical release and we got that and now we broke through two stretch goals and we're on our way to the final one which is a ten thousand dollar stretch goal as of this recording we're about 3200 and change away which would unlock an 11th episode 11 how how am i gonna have time to do this you're gonna help you my friend it if happen. it gets broken if that tier gets broken you know if they raise the bar and go that what if they go even further what if the bar goes even higher well we will have to tackle that when that happens if we get high enough i will preemptively green light season two because i can tell you this from the broadcaster that acquired it in canada and i don't want to speak too out of turn but the vibe i got and from what i understand between the lines is and they've also bought other stuff like nintendo quest they would have bought as many episodes as we could have offered you know we only planned to do 10 so we said we're going to do 10 if we would have had 30 it would have taken 30 because it's just easier for them to market and showcase and make it a staple so Let's keep the train going. So if we can get high enough on this, and I don't know how this campaign is going to do it. I think we're doing extraordinarily well, but for us to hit like seventy-five dollars or $100,000 to have a season two kind of covered, it's just going to be too hard to kind of do that. At 10 episodes anyways, maybe six episodes if it was 75000 I don't know. There's a long way to go for even anything like that. And then I'd have to check with the finances and make sure that we could actually do it and not just get swept up in Kickstarter passion momentum. But still, it's got to be a great sign. It's got to be very encouraging this time around for you to go ahead and have such a successful Kickstarter project. You've had so many in the past, but this one has also got to be very special. It's really nice to to do a Kickstarter where it's not about, are we going to get to do the idea? It's nice that we had the financial freedom on our side with the partners that we have and our sponsors, you know, helping us out to get the thing going because the few of us at the beginning kind of just really believed in it. We put all our chips on the table. So no, this is a good thing to do. Let's not let everybody else decide if we should do it. Let's just start filming and producing and go into production. And then to see this kind of welcoming of it by everybody else, now that we have something to show them is really cool. It's nice to go to Kickstarter with more of a finished product, an official trailer and say, Hey, this is your chance to get this. This is something awesome that happened for us last summer. Uh, well, I mean, it started a year ago. Day one, Jay is standing outside in the snow. And, you know, uh, the journey ends in California. So we, we kind of crisscross everywhere in the journey. And that's one thing I want to ask you is that poor guy, your best friend who you tortured. If you behind this. Okay, case... let's get this straight. Let's get this straight. He chooses and elects to go on these adventures and these quests. He knows what he's getting into, if not the first time. Sure enough, by the second time. Okay, that, that's I don't want anybody feeling bad. But when it comes to Jay Bartlett, you know, how was it different this time around? Because, you know, when I gave you such a glowing review on Nintendo Quest, part of it was because of the 
nature of how Jay handled those situations and the fact you could see and feel the real tension coming about, obviously with the help of your direction and, and whatnot, but you could feel all these situations that how, how heavy it weighed upon him and what he had to go ahead and make the decisions on. How's it different this time around when you're, you're directing him and, and what you're trying to ask him to do in regards to action figure adventure? Because you've seen Nintendo quest and a lot of our, viewers and listeners have seen it as well. I think you, you have to start with how is it similar to Nintendo quest and what did you do to try to make it different or did you, uh, and it's a question I've been asked a few times now on blogs and other podcasts. And usually when I found myself having that deja vu vibe, like, Oh, this feels similar instead of trying to you know change it up and do something completely different. I steered into it more. I pushed even further and went down there. I'm very conscious of the fact that the two films are, you know, they're linked. It's Jay collecting. The difference becomes the first one, Jay was going after his dream of owning this complete set and the importance of what it means to go after your dreams. This one, Jay's going out to help people that can't help themselves. So when you are doing something on behalf of people that need every ounce of help, every decision means that much more. Whether you pass this item up, you know, could be the difference of hundreds or thousands of dollars that bring help to people that are scared, have to go to the hospital every day to get needles, blood transfusions, have to deal with surgery, have to deal with the, the fact that they're different than other people that don't get to have a normal life. And that's a lot of gravitas, sure. I don't get the game. I don't get a complete collection. I'll get it at some point. You don't do this quest the right way. It's the difference between people being able to handle very difficult situations for a long time. When it comes to Jay, he, you know, obviously going through the experience once already with you at Nintendo Quest and also appearing on some of your other documentaries as well, Missing Mom and what have you. What was the different approach that he took in regards to dealing with this type of adventure, this type of tasks that he had to go ahead and basically, you know, the collecting itself as a whole. I mean, he approached it, I'm sure, differently than he did when he was taking care of Nintendo Quest. He had to figure out what would be the best auction. What would be the best pieces to garner the most attention, to get the best people there that want to spend the kind of money that is going to help the most. So that was his first thing. And then as far as how he handled the quest and the journey... There's a scene in Return of the Jedi near the end where Luke faces the Emperor. And they're talking and the Emperor turns to Luke and basically, or Luke says to the Emperor, goes, you know, your overconfidence is your weakness. And the Emperor says, your faith in your friends is yours. Jay, having done Nintendo Quest, has a little bit of overconfidence, I think. He thought that he had this figured out. He had done it before. He knew what to expect. And he, and he certainly was a little bit more savvy with how things would maybe cut together and how things looked in the filmmaking side of shaping stuff. But then you lose all that once you're in the moment and you have to start making decisions. Well, I had a feeling you were going to say that he was going to go into it a little overconfident because, you know, obviously he, he had taken care of all that stuff before in Nintendo Quest. But it's just interesting to see him going overconfident in anything because if you know Jay on a personal level, confidence sometimes is for him a hard thing for him to get right away. Well, I guess the other Star Wars-like lesson to throw out there in terms of how Jay approached this is, is the Yoda line. You must unlearn what you have learned because he comes into this with a lot of confidence and enthusiasm and an excitement because he's he's back doing what he loves to do and now he knows he can help people doing it. But then he's got to figure out the rules of the game. And this game is different than the last game he played. It's not just 30 days. This is over a six-month period, a couple weekends here and there. He's got a lot more time in between to kill. And while Nintendo Quest more time may have helped him think and strategize, too much time can be you know, the platform for the voices to start speaking as well. Are you doing the right thing? Should you do this? Should you do that? What, what should you do next time? What, what are you going to do if this is the only time you get to do this? So it's a completely different game, despite so many similarities between the two. And that quickly erodes whatever confidence you might think you have. Well, my friend, it's been great talking to you once again. 
Go ahead and get another project going on with Jade just so you can go ahead and burn him for another 90 minutes or another six or 10 episodes. Just always great to see you just messing with him and, and seeing how you can go ahead and, and bring more uh, craziness into his life one more time. Well, I'll do what I can, Gerald. I'll do what I can just for your amusement. I'm glad I amuse you. I'm glad I'm funny like a clown. Well, you're not funny like a clown, but you're definitely an awesome director. There's so many great projects out there. In fact, Stop by robmccallumfilms.com. You can see the entire library of stuff that you've done, all the documentaries, all the films that you've been a part of. There's so many great things that you've done that people need to be aware of. And I'll tell you what, it just never gets old with you, my friend. It never does. Well, I appreciate that. We'll all see right. if Action Figure Adventure can match the glowing review of Power of Grayskull. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke there everyone inside joke <laughs> well my friend it's great talking to you once again it is rob mccallum from action figure adventure please support his day on kickstarter also his awesome podcast with his wife tanya candler it's called mouthcast just type in mouthcast and you'll be able to go ahead and get it virtually everywhere you get podcasts and then also as well box art the docuseries available today on vimeo rob it's just always great to have you right here on the pop culture cosmos Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docuseries from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. We're back once again at Pepcom and CES 2020 right here at Black Shark because they say they're the best portable gaming station with all the phones that are out there in the world, whether it's iPhone, Android, LG, Samsung, you name it. They claim to go ahead and any game that you play that's out there, well, you know, all the games that most people play out there on their mobile phones, they'll go ahead and have a better time and a better experience at Black Shark. So I've got Reeves Lee right here. He's gonna tell me why Black Shark has the best portable gaming station. Hey guys, nice meeting you here. Black Shark, actually we are a gaming technology company. So we are aiming at provide the best gaming experience to all gamers. There are a lot of reasons why our smartphone is different than the others. I can give you some of them. The first one is we are the one of the few who applied um, liquid cooling system to a phone through PC. That's very rare on current phones. We just want to transfer the heat from the core and the phone to the outside as soon as possible and guarantee the core to make the best performance when you are playing. This is just one reason, and another is, as you can see, we got a lot of accessories here. The game pass, the um, cable to connect your phone to TV in order to have a bigger screen here. This uh, controller, let's say, it indeed changed my way to play games because I was a gamer. I am um, drawn in the, the mobile games. When I'm using my own phone to play games, it's very hard to control just on a screen because, you know, you may not have the enough fingers to pull them into the screen to move, to shoot, but with all these, uh, let's say, controllers, you can just pull off those controllers from the phone, put them to a stand, then you can make it as a console. It makes uh, it makes you uh, easily to control your phone and it also brings you a bigger view to see every corner if you want to find an enemy there. So this is another reason. We are a company to combine all the hardware, software and service together to guarantee you the best gaming experience. I think you can get to know us on our website, global.blackshark.com. We are currently sell selling our products on Europe and other countries in Southern East Asia. We haven't been uh, able to enter America market, but we will someday, very shortly. Yeah, please keep uh, your eye on us because we may bring you other surprise very shortly. Ooh, that sounds interesting indeed. 
Now, Jamie plays a ton more mobile games than I do. When it comes to mobile gaming, what are you looking for, and how do you think Black Shark can help that happen? Well, you know, it was just like Reeves was saying, that your fingers get in the way. So, for instance, I'm playing Call of Duty Mobile. Joysticks over here, guns over here. Both my thumbs are in my way now on my phone. So I have no visibility of anything on these sides except for what's dead center. And you're now you're trying to control which way you're looking on top of shooting and controlling your character, which is hard. It's tedious, like you said, your fingers are getting away. So what do you do? You wish you had a controller for your phone, right? You're always sitting there. Man, why can't my why can't I play Call of Duty Mobile on this? Why can't I use this controller for that? Or that they have the ultimate answer right here and you know, they're all one package. It's, it's ideal. Um, can I say you took cues from other systems, maybe? Uh, excuse me? So in your design, like how these set up, yeah. did you take any cues from other previous, other iterations of consoles and things like that? Basically, did you see anything as far as from what other manufacturers were doing and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and try and do something better or do something different to make it a better gaming experience? Um, let's say Black Shark is one of the few who um, bring the gaming phone concept to public. We are basically the first one because all other, when other brands are focusing on some software or some kind of hardware updates, we are trying to combine them together, including the, the service. We are going to build it as an ecosystem to have the full package for gamers. That sounds very interesting to me, I'll tell you right there. That could get me into mobile gaming a lot more. Jamie, what are your thoughts? I, I'm looking forward to it. I see a lot of nods to you know things that they obviously saw that were working that they wanted to use to make even better with what they're doing. I can't hate on that. And the all-in-one package, I think that's amazing for people because obviously you have a lot of great things coming down mobile-wise. You have, you know, League of Legends. I mean, you've got so much stuff coming that you're going to want this kind of a setup for those games coming out. Mario Kart even. Absolutely. That would make it so much simpler. So much simpler. And like I said, Call of Duty Mobile, my thumbs are always in the way. It is Black Shark. If anybody wants to find out more information on your units that you have, where can they find more information or if they want to go ahead and buy one? Well, you can find it on global.blackshark.com. It, uh, it is our official website. You can also so, um, see all the accessories and other products we are selling there. Currently, we are selling through Europe and uh, Southern East Asia. With our listeners in Europe, listeners overseas, Australia, Asia that also listen to us, cannot thank you enough for doing so. And it looks like that Black Shark might have a product that might help you out with your mobile gaming. Reeves, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for your time and appreciate you being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. All right, and we're back once again at CES 2020. I'm here at EarFun. It looks like a lot of fun right here at EarFun because there's a lot of great products that they have right here for those that want earbuds, portable speakers, and a whole lot of fun can be had with their products. And here today with me is Zhenyan Zhao. Yeah, I almost had it. I'll tell you what, the whole CS. I, yeah, no worries. I, I had a streak going. I was pronouncing everybody's name correct, so I do apologize for that. Zhenyan Zhao of EarFun. Tell me about all the great things that you've got going on right here at EarFun because I see a lot of great products. And, you know, if they go to our social media, they're going to see a whole bunch of pictures that I have of it. But tell me in your own words why people should go ahead and check out EarFun for all their listening needs. So for EarFun, we just founded by October last year. And we have got two CS Innovation Awards. So that's our honor to get the awards. We have our own innovative sweatshirt technology to feature on our two products for our earphone free and earphone air. Earphone free is on, available on the Amazon for the very budget price for $49.99. So it, it also has a good sound quality and waterproof and the wireless charging and the USB charging. And the, the earphone air will be released in March. 
with the in-ear detection technology, and uh, we we also featured four microphones to the noise cancellation phone calls. Yes, we have a, a research and development department to design and finish our own innovative products. So that's why we got the two CS Innovation Awards. And we will release more and more products in the future, in the near future. So stay tuned, yes. Oh, absolutely, stay tuned indeed. And congratulations on your success and the awards for Ear Fun. I wanted to ask you, when it comes to some of the, the products that you have here, especially with uh, battery life, a lot of people talk about battery life as being one of the most important things that they deal with, whether it's headphones, earphones, or portable speakers. So can you tell me a little bit more about the type of battery life for your products at Earfun? Yes, uh, at Earfun 3 and Earfun Air, we have the, used the, the good um, battery, and uh, we support the 30, 30 hours battery life, so it's a very long better left in the market for the older earbuds. So for the single use it's six hours and uh, put, put into the box it will be 30 hours. Yeah. Oh that's very good. That's very impressive. And if anybody has any questions in regards to the products from Earfun, where do they go or how can they find out more information on price or or do you have a website that you want people to go ahead and check out so they can see all the great things you have at Earfun? Yes, all our products is available on Amazon, so you can search earphone, earphone free, earphone you boom on the Amazon.com. And we also have our official website. Our website is www.myearphone.com, yeah. So you can check all the information on our website and on the Amazon, yes. The products that you have here is really a nice showcase, so it's definitely very, very cool to see all these great products you have at, here at Earphone. Highland Zhao, cannot thank you enough for taking some time to speak to me today about all the great things at Earfund. Thank you, thank you, Jada. Thank you so much for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. We're starting off right now with our Super Bowl conversation. It is this weekend. It's going to be a great thing indeed. Jason, I'll start off with you. Some of the things that you're looking forward to in, in the game, let's say you, you're coming to Vegas and you want to go ahead and you want to lay the smart money down. So looking at it objectively and you're coming in there, what are the things that you're looking for for the game overall? First of all, I don't pay much attention to point spreads because I don't gamble. I do do confidence pools, though. So looking at this from a confidence pool perspective, on an average week, Chiefs 49ers would be about a, a game that you would put, assuming there was 16 games that week, I would probably put them as probably like my four. Uh, and I would put the Chiefs as the team that I would, especially in a neutral site, that they would probably be somewhere around my number four or number five confidence over San Francisco at this point. So I am looking for the Chiefs to win the game. What I normally do with confidence pools is I'll make my picks and then I'll go back and look at the point spreads afterwards and maybe correct anything so that my, my, it's still mostly my gut, but not just what Vegas says. So like if I missed, say, a 14-point spread and I was – thinking it would be closer. Maybe I might move it up a, a spot or two. But nonetheless, I do think the Chiefs are going to win. This is really going to be a fun game to watch because it's sort of new. I mean, the 49ers have been in the Super Bowl many, many times over my life, uh, a little bit too much in the middle of my life. But it, it's good that we don't have to see Tom Brady and the Patriots. I mean, that's all the talk right now. Is There's more talk about the fact that the Patriots aren't in the Super Bowl than the two teams that are in the Super Bowl and that Brady might become a free agent. So it's like the Patriots are still dominating everything. And then with Kobe Bryant, you know, passing away, uh, you know, that has taken away a little bit from the luster of this game as well. So it's been a tough know, week, man. It's been a right. tough week. But this will be a great game, a great distraction, two teams that are fun to watch. You've got the defensive juggernaut versus the offensive juggernaut. And 
both of them somewhat struggle in the other capacity. You've got the Chiefs who run the ball as frequently as I get dates, and you have the uh, the 49ers who run the ball all the time. Uh, you have an emerging running back in Raheem Mostert, who I'm ecstatic to have on my keeper league. I picked him up at the tail end of the year because somebody dropped him, and I was super happy to get him. And look at what he's done, you know, the last five weeks of, of the season, including the playoffs. So I think Mostert, I don't, I don't see him having a game like he did last game where he had three or four touchdowns. But against the Chiefs defense, which is somewhat porous, uh, he could have a decent game. I look for, you know, the, the 49ers receiving courts, which are average at best, led by, you know, Debo and those guys to, um, and they have one of them's hurt, I forget. But Jimmy Garoppolo was a good quarterback. He's Tom Brady Jr., so this is his chance to try to become the next Tom Brady and be that, you know, the handsome, cool cat who everybody wants to have the Garoppolo jersey. So it, this should be a fun game, but I, I do think this is Mahomes' time. I mean, if you're looking at a quarterback who can throw the ball to Tyree Kill, throw the ball to McCole Hardman, throw the ball to Sammy Watkins, and even dump it off to LaShawn McCoy or Damian Williams in the backfield, you know, he's got a lot of options. And I didn't even mention probably their best receiver in Travis Kelsey, who's their tight end. And they have actually uh, their backup tight end is is pretty solid as well. So the Chiefs are just have all these weapons on offense. And Mahomes can throw a spiral. He can throw a Roger Clemens fastball underhand. The guy is so ridiculously good. So in games like this, you you know, you go with the quarterback, in my opinion. Um, so it's up to it's gonna be the Chiefs, I think, but it's up to unless there's a great off the charts performance by Nick Bosa and that defense for the 49ers, it's probably going to be the Chiefs. Once again, that's Jason Dutch from Voice from the Underground. You got to check out what he's doing with his great podcast, Voice from the Underground. Chris Sardieri from Inside Sports. I got to hear your thoughts on the Super Bowl because when it starts out, like I said, in favor of Kansas City, a lot of sentimentality is going towards Andy Reid. Are you following that sentimentality? Do you think Kansas City can finally pull it off? Or do you think that San Francisco has something left up its sleeve? I think the Chiefs can, but I think it's going to be a better game than people expected. And I checked earlier this evening, and I saw it one, one and a half in a number of places. It hadn't really budged much. So uh, someone came in with an 18-wheeler full of cash, I'm guessing. But regardless, if you're going to play the point spread, I don't think there's any value on uh, either side doing a money line. And it's no. essentially a pick 'em game if it stays in that one, one and a half range. Um, if it does move, then, you know, the uh, four and a half's a lot. And, uh, you know, it could be a field goal game or even four. Stay, you know, like, like I've said before, stay away from that dreaded hook. Make sure it's in your favor, depending on how you go. But what I think here is Jason hit the nail on the head. You've got great offense against great defense. The, the two things that stand out to me are that the 49ers this year, when they did lose, had issues with quarterbacks that could move. Russell Wilson beat them once, so should have beaten them that last Sunday night game of the year. Lamar Jackson gave them fits in Baltimore, and I think that's the X factor. Besides Mahomes' arms and his weapons, this guy can run. Look what he did in the AFC Championship game on that touchdown against the Titans, and I think he'll he'll give them fits and cause a lot of chaos if that happens. And then, two, um, the Chiefs' defense has been playing better against the run. They figured out what to do against Derrick Henry two weeks ago, but I, I think the key is they basically got to dare Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them. And, and while I think it's a nice story and it'd be a kind of a nice middle finger to the Patriots if he were to win it, because we all know Brady wanted him out of there. And that's why Belichick sent him to the, the farthest coast possible. But I, I just have my doubts as to whether this guy can win a Super Bowl. So I think it'll be a good game from an over-under perspective. I've seen it like 54, 54 and a half, and you know everyone's going to want to bet the over on it. But regardless, it, it, the 49ers will have to play a ball control game to win it. So that's going to keep Mahomes off the field. If the Chiefs do win it, I do think the 49ers defense is stout enough that they can contain him on a number of uh, Mahomes on a number of possessions. So I'm kind of leaning towards the under also because I'm a contrarian and I uh, don't want to see a 70 point Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Although, Last year I got that and it was 13 to three. So be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I, I agree on the under. I don't know what the line is at the moment. I, again, I don't pay attention to to lines, but I would imagine if I were to guess that this is about a 53. Um, yeah, I've seen anywhere between like, yeah, 53 and 54 and a half. So we're yeah, in that ballpark. I, I think so. If you think about that, that's a 30 to 23 game, right? So I can certainly see the Chiefs scoring 30. I'm not sure I can see the 49ers scoring 23. I would say this game's going to come in in the mid-40s. 
So something like a 31 to 17 ish deal. So I, I, I think that you're probably looking for the under plus though. So let's not forget that the NFL doesn't like to kick field goals these days. And even though Robbie Gould has been, you know, somewhat decent, you know, these guys keep passing up field goals for, to try for a touchdowns. And I'm telling you, it's like, if you go back through history and you look like if, if you were to somehow watch every time that, you know, for the, let's go back 20 years and say, or 10 years even, and say every time that a coach passed up a field goal early in the game, and then you go to the fourth quarter, add three points to their score, where would they actually be? You know, there, there a lot of games are lost because of those decisions. And I know the fans don't like to see teams settle for field goals. And, and I know that all of a sudden in the last four years, kickers have decided they don't want to, they can't kick anymore. Like <laughs> it, it's crazy because this was never the kick. Field goals were like automatic when we were kids. We had barefoot kickers, you know, and it's like these guys used to make 70, you know, 85, 90% of their kicks. And now these guys can't make a 30 yard extra point. So, you know, because of that, then you see a lot of the, the points end up going down because Is it me or are they more accurate from 48 to 55 yards than they from... almost are. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're like... almost right. Yeah. You're almost exactly right. I mean, it's like how many times you've seen a 31 yard field goal just go straight to the left. You know, it's or guys hitting the uprights. What's his face from the Bears a couple of years ago hit the uprights sixty five times in in sixty, and he only kicked the ball twice. So you know, it's it's ridiculous. But you have that dynamic. But then on the other side, you have a lot more defensive touchdowns late in games lately than you have in the past too. You know, uh, especially the last three four years, where you'll have a, a team the team that's losing is very very prone to giving up possibly two pick sixes. So, you know, you have to watch out for that as well. So that can run the, the over-under up a little bit because, you know, the game may be over at 30-3. to three. The one bet I'm looking at is the actual over-under. You know, the way you guys are talking about the scores and whatnot, I don't think it will hit the 54-and-a-half mark. So as far as the total, I think yeah. it's going to go under. So I think it's going to be, if, if I'm looking at a strong play, for me, I would go the under. And I think right now it's going to probably about 46, 47. This probably me with the total. Hey, welcome, welcome, here. welcome to the show, Gerald. We talked about that. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I had to put that in earlier. So I, I know you guys were talking about it earlier, but I had to put that in because, you know, before we hit on out. So just thought I'd throw that in there. It's Vegas. What can I say? There's a lot of stuff flying around right now. Man, you can even bet on the puppy bowl. I'll tell you right now. Oh, there's, there's a lot. There's there's bets on the ads, bets on people tweeting, bets bets on all over the place. Not only from here, but all over on these websites, betonline.ag, and all these other sites that are out there that are just making a killing off any of these prop bets that they can think of. So it's going to be. You, uh, do you guys still look forward to the Super Bowl commercials? I do. In fact, we're going to go ahead and cover that on Monday. So okay. yeah, on the pop culture. I process. do not. I do not. Yeah, I don't know if I'm getting older. Or I'm just suffering burnout by february from all the annoying commercials i've endured since the beginning of september through now is is there any commercial that you guys would want to see make a comeback because i kind of always every year i always kind of hope to see bud wise er and lenny and larry <laughs> their lizards come back for you know just yeah, yeah. i think that would be that would be so fun or just have the you know geico bring the caveman back or something like that i always like that nostalgia stuff well, and they that's bring big them these back days. Every now and then, they bring them back every now and then. Or the was that guys, you know, that yeah. they might come back. They they'll probably nostalgia is so big right now. Allie Landry might be making a comeback at forty five years old as the Doritos girl. Nostalgia is so big with pop culture. You know, they got to yes. bring something like that back at some point in time. It just it never fails. I mean, we're seeing it every day in Hollywood that something's being brought back from the dead, uh, whether we like it or not. So. On pop on Monday's show, the Pop Culture Cosmos, we will be reviewing. But for us, a lot, it's not just was this commercial humorous, was this commercial not humorous, was this commercial good or not good. We also look at the movie trailers. And that for us, for me, is one of the big things because you see a lot of good movie trailers that are coming out. In fact, Fast and Furious is coming out this weekend. Maybe another Black Widow is going to be dropped. Maybe another Wonder Woman is going to be dropped. There's a lot of trailers that could be dropped this weekend and so that's something we're going to be definitely taking a look at that's that's what i i know from the pat previous couple of years have really pointed towards you 
yes, the, the in, in many ways, the commercials as a whole are not as entertaining as they once were. But I still think there's some gems every now and then if you search them out or if you get a chance to catch them first time. And I think that's that's a, that's a you know something that we definitely like to go ahead and point out Monday on the Pop Culture Cosmos. But guys, it's been a great time talking to you both. Uh, you know, any last thoughts on the way out or Jason, I know you got a lot of stuff going on on the VFU. So, you know, give everybody an update what's going on with Voice from the Underground. That's, uh, you know, we're just juxtaposing politics and pop culture. We actually, we, we were supposed to do a movie review this week, but with the Super Bowl, we kind of forgot there was a game. So we had to reschedule Sunday's show to Monday. So we probably have a little bit of a late show this week, but if you want to tune in and hear the latest, my latest ramblings. And then also we talk about how politics and social issues are portrayed in pop culture and things like that. So you can tune into the, to our show to do that. I think we do a pretty jazzy job of talking about those things. We'll, we will have a movie review coming up soon. One of the movies that we're t- going to do a review on and, and, and look at the social aspect of is Blazing Saddles. So we're probably going to do that one next, which will be a riot. So we have American History X we're going to do. So we have a few of them, but you can check that out at com Or Voice from the Underground, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, just Google, you know, if you want to check it out, just Google Voice from the Underground and it will pop up first or second. It usually does whenever I look for it. So yes, that's Voice from the Underground, the podcast. You got to check it out today. In fact, you guys had a great episode this past week, not just because I was on it, but there was a lot of things yeah, that we you. talked about as far as emotions with the passing of Kobe Bryant and and a lot more of the things that you guys touched upon as well. So Yeah, and, and about that, you know, real quick on that, there was a, a story, there's an ET Entertainment Tonight video that was out that I thought was really good where they talked to his old helicopter pilot just about that whole nomenclature and, you know, the fact that he lost his friend who was the other pilot, so... You know, thoughts out. We, we've all done a big, uh, you know, a lot of thoughts of Kobe. But, you know, thoughts out to everybody, you know, the other people on that flight as well who who weren't rich and famous. Not digging on Kobe here, but he seemed to have been a good guy. But, you know, to the other people who lost their, their lives as well, you know, and then all of the our soldiers who are over there in danger in the Middle East right now. So other stuff going on, too. Absolutely. And our prayers and thoughts are with them as well. Chris, I, along with what we're going to show off on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, which is your great research paper, we're going to pop out there in regards to the Super Bowl this weekend. What you got going on with Inside Sports? No, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it to be able to write about football in the day job and uh, merge it with what I do here on the side is always fun. Um, we're supposedly going to get some press coverage in the financial industry tomorrow. So uh, follow me at Chris L Sports. I'll post anything there um if you're interested in reading the paper can't seem to find it reach out to me but i I think now it'll be nice to just kind of sit back and decompress a little keep my eye on football but at the same time gear up for the season because we all know it's february now before you know it it'll be the summer and we'll be thinking about it again but like i said follow me on twitter and and both you guys thank you for the opportunity to do the show tonight and all season as well gerald and while I will miss football, I know there'll be other things to keep us busy. And frankly, after a season of fantasy football, we all need a little downtime, right? That's true. But baseball's around the corner. NASCAR, tennis and golf are just getting started. It's always something good going in sports. The NBA is heading close to all-star season right now. And also NHL is coming out of the all-star game, already back to playing their games in the second half of the season. So playoffs around the corner for both those sports. So it's going to be a lot of things to look forward to with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Again, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff next week when it concerns Birds of Prey coming out next week. Also as well, we talked about the Super Bowl ads. Plus, I have interviews as well coming up in the not-too-distant future with Jackie Rom, who's a crime novelist. So we're going to talk to her on next Monday's show, the Pop Culture Cosmos, and also delve more into True Crime podcasts and why true crime podcasting is so fascinating to so many people out there. So a lot of good things to look forward to next week on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. Yeah, it's just what we need is another true crime podcast. I mean, there's not enough. No, there's not enough. But no, no, we're not doing one. We're not doing one. No, no, no. Just doing it. Why is it so popular? That's all we're going to do. 
But guys, it's just been great having you both aboard this season for Inside Sports Fantasy Football. I cannot thank enough to both of you for being a part of it. It's just been an incredible time indeed. And and then everyone else out there that's listening to us on the Pop Culture Cosmos radio stations worldwide and also the Pop Culture Cosmos podcast outlets, you know, we cannot thank you enough for listening as well each and every time, whether it's on the Pop Culture Cosmos or at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Okay, let's talk about the Flopcast. Where every week we drink a lot of coffee and we talk about comic books, movies, conventions, music, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, don't forget the coffee. Lots of weird, obscure pop culture stuff from the 70s and 80s. And chickens. Yeah, chickens. This will be the stupidest half hour of your week. We guarantee it. You can find us on the ESO Network. And... Flopcast.net. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.